Good morning, church. I pray that you've had a great week, that your family's doing good. I'm excited for a fresh word today. Man, I really feel like God has given me a powerful message and one that just, man, it just it just hit me hard. And so I pray that it does the, the same with you. If this is your first time, welcome to ABU Arnett Benson Unified Church. We're a new church being uh, planted in the Arnett Benson community here in Lubbock, north side of town. Um, currently, we do not have a facility. We're working on that. We're allowing God to lead us to what that's going to look like. But I do have an announcement. He has led us a cool opportunity that I'm excited to share with you. See, next Sunday, we will actually be having an in-person service. Um, back in December, we were able to partner with the church and, and do a toy drive. And now we're going to be having a combined service with this church. And the church is called Premetal Lubbock. You can look them up on Facebook. I encourage you to go check them out and, and like their page and follow them. And they're a church that's been in this community for, man, a lot of years, okay? They've done a lot of great things. And I'm excited to see how God is going to bring us both together and what he's going to do through us. And so next Sunday, January 31st, we'll be having a combined service um, at 10.30 a.m., it's located at 301 North Sherman Avenue. That's right off of Clovis Road and Avenue U. We want to encourage you to come and join us. Uh, of course, face masks are going to be required. We want to be safe, but we don't want to be fearful. Amen? So we're going to be coming together, and I think this might be something that we might be doing for a season. I don't know how long we're going to let God lead, but I know at least next Sunday for sure we're going to be coming together, and I will keep you updated um, as things continue to develop. So I'm excited for that. And I'm also excited for today's message. You know, one of the things that we've been speaking about for the past couple of weeks is just the trials that we've been facing. But even though we're going through something that's hard, um, it doesn't change the fact that God is still good and he's doing good things through him. Like there's a lot that can be gained out of these places. And I really feel like today's message is going to be like a bow and all the gifts and presents that he's been giving us. And today's message is called, It's You. You're like, hold up, what? It's You. Okay, now that will make more sense as we do the message and all that. But I think a lot of times God is speaking and we're looking around like, God, who are you talking to? And he's trying to talk directly to each one of us. Sometimes it goes over our head. Sometimes we're kind of avoiding it. Sometimes we're scared to listen and press in and lean in. Um, but I pray today that he would speak to you clearly, that you would receive a word and that it would encourage you, that it would strengthen you. And man, God will move through it powerfully. So, of course, let me pray. And then we'll get started. Father, I just thank you uh, for the opportunity to join you in things that are beyond us, Lord. And it doesn't mean that it's always easy or that we're always going to be familiar with that, Lord. Um, but it does mean that you are faithful and that you are trustworthy. So, Father, help us lean into you uh, whenever we feel like, uh, man, it's hard, it's difficult, uh, because you will never fail us. Your word tells us that you will never forsake us. You will never leave us, Lord. And so... Father, I just pray that uh, we would approach your throne today with an open heart, with an open mind, with open ears, and the things that you speak to us would be so vivid and so clear that we wouldn't be able to shake it, and we would have no choice but to accept what we've heard, but also do something with it. So, Father, help us be doers of your word. And so, Lord, uh, whatever your will is for each one of us, Father, uh, we come before you right now just saying, use us. Send us, have your way. So, Father, we love you and pray all of this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Okay, it's you, today's message. We're going to be in Acts chapter 8, starting at verse 1 to verse 8. Um, but before then, let me give you some backstory. 
Um, if you don't know what the book of Acts is, the collection of the apostles and, and the early church right after Jesus has been crucified and he's rose from the grace and he, he ascends in chapter one. And before he ascends to heaven, he tells everybody, say, hey, look, I'm going to be sending you the Holy Spirit. And once you receive it, then it's time to go and do work. Then it's time to, to take the message, not to just to Jerusalem, but um, to Judea, to Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Then it's time, right? And so they're like, okay. So they stay and they receive the Holy Spirit. And this time they're fellowshipping and man, they're, they're sharing all the things. They're seeing God move in, in some amazing ways, but they're all kind of staying in Jerusalem doing all these things. And after a, a period of time, they start to find themselves, man, in, in the crossfires of a lot of people coming against them and the things that they were doing. People were upset. People were mad. They started persecuting them. They started bringing them uh, in front of the council and arresting them. And, and it got to the point that things got really ugly. And in that ugliness, God did something uh, that I want to make sure that uh, we all catch. And so let's pick up in chapter uh, 8, starting at verse 1. And this is what it says. Saul was one of the witnesses, and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem, and all the believers except the apostles were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout man came and buried Stephen with great mourning. But Saul was going everywhere to destroy the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them into prison. But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and told people there about the Messiah. Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. Many evil spirits were casted out, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Mm. That's crazy, right? So the church is in the early stages of its infancy, um, but they're under a lot of persecution. And it came to the point um, that one of them, Stephen, ended up being stoned to death. And man, it's it's crazy the way that God is going to work through this. And, and you'll gain more understanding when I say this. But the first thing I really feel like God is speaking um, to me, to all of us today, is this. Don't be a Saul. Okay, don't be a Saul. So you're like, man, I don't even know who Saul is. Don't be a Saul. Saul ends up becoming the Apostle Paul. Um, but at this time, before he had his encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus, um, he was a Pharisees, and he was somebody that was heavily persecuting the church. And, man, we see in Acts chapter uh, verse 1, it says, Saul was one of the witnesses, and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. Hmm. Now, this is why this is important. You see, you don't have to be a killer to get blood on your hands. When we sit back as witnesses and we're in agreement with the destruction of another person, okay, man, really, that just makes us has guilty and has deserving us punishment. You see, Saul didn't kill Stephen, but he believed death should have been his penalty. And to the point that it says, right, he completely agreed with that decision that his life should be taken. And all Stephen was doing, if you read in the chapter before, was preaching about Jesus and telling people about Jesus. So that's crazy that a man who's a Pharisee that's supposed to be a representation of God will come a God God's own. Doesn't make any sense, right? 
and, and Saul uh, was from the tribe of Benjamin. So he's part of the heritage and the, the line, right, of all the things that God has been doing up to this point. And he's from the city of Terrors, which is a city known for great influence and great education. So not only is this a man of influence, but he's a man of education. And this is something I want you to always understand. It doesn't matter how much knowledge you have, uh, how much education you have. If you don't know how to use it, it's useless. Or if you use it incorrectly, it's dangerous, not just to others, but to yourself. We have to be mindful of this so we don't be a salt. Amen. Verse 2, it says, a great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem, and all the believers except the apostles were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. Some devout men came and buried Stephen with great mourning. Mm. You see, there's things that we have to make decisions on and choices of, right? And what we need to understand is every choice has an action so the things that we choose go beyond us. That there's always a wave of impact that gets released from our choices. And some are minor. Um, you can barely see any effects or see what they're doing. Um, you may have a small sign of it. But it's not drawing attention. It's not turning heads. You don't have shame and guilt knocking down your door. So you don't pay it no mind. You think, ah, oh, it's not a big thing. It's okay. It's harmless. But just because you don't feel the effects of something doesn't mean it doesn't have one. I think about my childhood and man, I, I see this is very true because uh, when I was younger, I thought everybody grew up the same way that I did. I thought the things I experienced were normal and I thought the things that I shown was something that everybody learned. But as I matured and as I became a believer, I quickly realized that's not the case. And I'll give you just one short example. I remember being way underage, and, and I remember partying and drinking, and I remember having pornography being played in the living room, and there's women there, and we're really being ugly towards these women. We're being degrading. We're being disrespectful. But in, in that moment, the people that were showing me these things, man, they didn't see any harm in it, and I didn't see any in myself. And what ended up happening is because of those choices, I ended up becoming a person that was cold-hearted. Um, I really didn't value women in the way that was correct or that was true. And it really messed me up. But in that moment, I didn't see the impact. I didn't see no signs of what it was doing to me and how it was desensitizing me and how it was affecting me. It ended up coming later on that I was able to recognize the impact of something that I thought was minor. Man, church, I'm telling you, we have to be careful what we choose to do in life because it creates waves of impact that have the potential to sweep others in the places they are meant to be, including us. So don't be a Saul. Verse 3, it says, But Saul was going everywhere, destroying the church. He went from house to house, dragging out both men and women to throw them in prison. Oof. Man, Sometimes we can become so blinded by our thoughts, our actions, that we allow them to grow and to the point that we're participating in destruction. And the scary part about this is you could be like Saul, believing that you're justified in the things that you're choosing to do. And we seen this firsthand a couple of weeks ago at the Capitol, right? People are having a protest and there's nothing wrong with the protest. But what happened? 
Next thing you know, there was a group that stormed, that broke in, that started vandalizing, uh, started being on social media, capturing all these things, proud of their actions. And then a couple weeks pass, a couple days pass, what happens? They find out that there's consequences for their actions, that when you break the law, you get held up against the law. And I say all this because, church, all of these things, all of these experiences, they're avoidable. Okay, There's something that we don't have to allow happening in our life. We can steer clear of them. But we need to identify them. Because if we don't identify them, if we're not aware of these things, it's easier to fall into them. So we need to identify them. And then we need to press into God, allowing His Holy Spirit to birth awareness and correction. Because you could either choose to be humble or you could be humbled by God when He's decided He's had enough. Don't be a song. Here's the other thing that we can learn from, from the story that we read. We need to embrace your place. Embrace your place. Acts 4 says, But the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Wherever they went. I love that. See, it's hard to step into your calling if you never step out of your comfort. Let me say that again. It's hard to step into your calling if you never step out of your comfort. We all struggle with this. Even the early church struggled with this. Because we saw, right? Jesus ascended. The church got comfortable. They were fellowshipping. They were enjoying each other's company. They were sharing all the things they had. They saw uh, the churches and believers grew. But they were they forgot the part that Jesus said, Hey, you're supposed to do this not only in Jer- Jerusalem, but you're supposed to go to Judea. You're supposed to go to Samaria. You're supposed to go to the ends of the earth. Well, they didn't go nowhere. They was hanging out chilling. So they became comfortable. And does that sound familiar? Man, I think that's something that we miss today sometimes. That we forget that his work is going to lead us to places that is unfamiliar. He's going to lead us uh, to experiences uh, that are unknown. It's going to lead us to challenges that we have not yet faced. And that's okay. That's all right. But you know something? The last thing that you want to do when you get comfortable, get uncomfortable, right? Once you get all comfortable, you don't want to get uncomfortable. And we see this happen with the early church. And it happens with believers all the time that we get to a place of comfort and we don't want to leave it. It's hard to detach ourselves from it. But did you see what happened to them? Man, it was it was messing them up because what was happening is when they never left their comfort, eventually it hampered their growth. It hampered other people's growth. It hampered the church's growth and it hampered the mission that they were called to do. And it took repeated acts of persecution and arrest and ridicule. And it even took the the death of Stephen for the early church to finally step out into the fullness of their calling. Church, let's not wait till we're in that position to finally start doing our mission, right? Let's not do that. We don't want to have to go through that to say, oh, you know what? I think it's time for us to go and do that. No. Come on, we got to do better. Verse 5 says, Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria and he told the people there about the Messiah. I love that verse because, uh, man, it's so simple, right? He went to Samaria and he told the people about, about Jesus. Church, it doesn't take a lot to rely on God and do your part. All it takes is being available, being obedient, and being willing. Philip, he got his assignment to Samaria, and he did what was asked. And what was that? He told people about Jesus. He didn't say, hey, Philip, you need to go and plant a church. 
Hey, Philip, you need to go and become a pastor. Hey, Philip, you need to go and start a nonprofit. You need to make sure everybody's needs are met. That's not what it said. It said, hey, man, go and tell people about Jesus. You see, sometimes, man, we make things, the simple things too hard. We make them more difficult than what they're supposed to be. If God gives you a specific assignment, for one, it's not going to take much to identify it. It really isn't. But don't miss your assignment because you're focused on uh, your calling. Okay, let me say that again. Don't miss your assignment because you're focused on your calling. Focus on your assignment because that's going to lead to his calling. Amen. When God gives you something specific, like I said, he's going to make it clear. He's going to make sure that you don't miss it. But church, if God did not say it, then you need to forget it. It's that simple. And sometimes he'll give us a glimpse of something that's going to come later down the road. And he just wants to plant that seed. But church, we need to understand that just like a seed, it's going to take time to develop. And before the stems break the surface and they start producing fruit, God has to do a work below the surface. And so that means he has to grow your roots so they'll be able to handle everything that he's trying to do. So we need to embrace the place that God plants us and that he leads us. It has purpose. It has meaning. He's trying to do a work in it. So I know sometimes we question it like, oh, God, what are you doing? Hey, be patient. He's doing something. Amen. So check it out. We know we don't want to be a salt, right? We got to identify these things so we can avoid it. We know that we need to embrace the places that he's leading us. Um, And here's the kicker of all this. We got to get to a point that we step up and we step out. Step up and step out. Verse 6, it says, Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs he did. God has divine importance scheduled with people that he's been drawing near to him. Okay, And they're eager to learn. They're quick to listen. They're hungry for the word. Man, they're ready for it. They've been seeing God's hand in their life like they've never seen before. But what would happen if Philip didn't show up? Church, we need to know that God has an assignment for us all. And on the other end of our obedience, there's somebody waiting there, right, that is longing to grow closer to God. And I know we all have moments and situations that present themselves uh, in specific ways and we have a heart for it and we're like, oh man, yeah, I really feel like I need to be a part of this, but I shouldn't be the main person playing the role in this. You ever had that happen? God puts you in a position and you're like waiting around. You're like, yo, God, you need to send somebody to come and do that. Like, I'm going to help. I'm going to play a part, but I'm not the main person. And you keep looking around telling God, like, man, God, you going to send somebody? Like, where where they at? Church, I, I came to tell you something. He's looking back at you and he's saying, hey, I did send somebody. I sent you. It's you. You're that person. You're the one that I'm calling to step up and step out. Do your part, church. Verse 7, he says, Many evil spirits were casted out, screaming as they left their victims, and many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. Mm. That's powerful. Because I, I think sometimes we can get overwhelmed by the things that presents itself, right? But church, no matter uh, the forces or the intensity of the situation that God has led us to, it's not beyond his ability or power to do what is needed. Okay? It's not beyond them. 
And I know we're looking at it exactly for what it is at times, right? We see the mountain and we're like, man, that's unmovable. We see a person, we're like, man, they are too far gone. We see all the problems and we're looking like, I don't see no positive solution to none of these things. I know it's hard not to review, not to view these things. I know it's hard not to view the reality of what they are. But what we need to do is let go of what our eyes are telling us, what our thoughts are speaking to us, and stand on what God has already spoken. Okay? We need to let go of what our eyes are telling us, what our thoughts are speaking to us, and stand on what God has already spoken. He says things for a reason. He's still in the healing business. He's still in the business of departing evil spirits. He's still using ordinary people like me and you to be a part of some extraordinary things. We have a part to play. We need to embrace these things. We need to step up. We need to step out, church. Verse 8 says this. So there was a great joy in that city. <laughs> great joy in that city. Don't we all want great joy in our city? Don't we desire to see that in our, our communities, in our families, in our friends, in our loved ones, in strangers? To be filled with this joy that, man, is immeasurable, that is life-changing. But church, we also need to realize, just as much as God is willing to move in these ways, He's asking us to join us and being used in these ways. Because the days of people just coming into church, let's be honest, they're past due. We have to be the church. We have to know that, man, being the church means going beyond the places that we gather. It means that everywhere that we travel, so does His Holy Spirit. So does the kingdom of heaven. So does His power. So does His joy. So does His light. And He's trying to use us to diminish it in a world filled with darkness. We have to step up. We have to step out. We need to embrace the places that he has us. We need to quit making sure. Quit, I'm messing up. We need to make sure we're not Saul, okay? Don't be a Saul. So my challenge for all of us this week, lean in. Church, it's time to lean in. I know we barely started the year off, but hey, let's get started in it. Let's lean into God like never before. You see, because when we allow the Holy Spirit to transform us, man, he's going to take them Saul's within you. And he's going to do a work. And you're going to go from persecuting to persevering for the kingdom. Okay? You're going to go from, uh, man, lacking awareness to having awareness. To being more humble. But we have to allow him into it. Okay? We have to say, hey, God, I need you to help point out some things so I can avoid them. Because I, uh, too many times I don't see it for myself and, and then before it's too late. He's trying to help you avoid it. He's trying to help you not be a salt, okay? He's trying to bring things to the open so you could be able to take out the trash. We have to let him. We have to understand that it's okay being uncomfortable. <laughs> being uncomfortable is the soil that's going to grow our faith. Hmm. You feel that? Being uncomfortable is the soil that is going to grow our faith. And then we got to embrace the places that he leads us, that he plants us. And know that, hey, okay, if this is where God wants me, man, there's a reason and there's a purpose behind it. And I, I probably don't see it at this moment, but God, give me clarity. Show me what it is. Is it because of this person? Is it because of this opportunity that you are going to be glorified in? 
man, embrace it. It's not a coincidence where you're planning. In fact, just like we said, it's an opportunity to be used, joining God in works that are humbling, they're inspiring, they're life-changing. And it's not just for us, but it's for everybody. We have to lean in. We have to step up. We have to step out. Because it's you that God is speaking to and looking to use. It's you. Lean in this week. Father, I just thank you um, that you would even allow us to join you in this, Lord. Um, but I do pray that you would make us aware of the ways that maybe we're persecuted in your church. And maybe ways that we are, are wrongfully trying to justify our actions and our motives. Father, man, humble us if that is the case. Put it on the table. Make us aware. So that way we could identify it and get rid of it. So we won't be that person. And Father, I pray that uh, no matter where that you have us, that we would take it with open arms. That we say, okay, this is where God wants me. Uh, show me what I need to do, God. Show me what my part is. Show me how I need to step up and step out so that way you can be honored, so that way you can be glorified. And I know that could be intimidating. And so I ask for more of your Holy Spirit, that you could just, man, give us double portions of your bonus and courage. Uh, so we wouldn't let, man, our flesh uh, intimidate us to the point uh, that we're afraid to speak up, that we're afraid to do what honors you, uh, that we're afraid to be obedient when you're asking us to. Father, help us be humble. Help us be willing and available to be obedient. So Father, I just thank you for my brothers and sisters. I thank you for the assignments that they have. I thank you for the calling that they have in their life. Uh, but help them uh, not lose uh, sight of their assignments by spending too much time trying to focus on the calling. Father, help them focus on the assignment, knowing that in doing so, uh, the calling always gets fulfilled. So Father, we just love you. Uh, we trust you. We pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right, church, I hope this blessed you. I hope it encouraged you. If you got a prayer request, let us know. Um, like I said, in-person service next Sunday, so there will not be an online message. I'll probably share the message um, that happens there at the church. But I love y'all. Have a great week. If you need anything, let us know. Other than that, see y'all.